You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porter Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Jacobs to his right. They send a man in motion. High snap. Gets it down. Gives it to Jacobs. Up the middle. Touchdown, Raiders! Josh Jacobs' first touchdown of the season on fourth and goal from the one. And the Raiders cut it to a one-score game with 3.59 to go in the fourth. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, again, another Friday, another Buffalo Wild Wings. This is what we do each and every Friday. We're, like, on the road. We're on a little bit of a tour. We go from here to there to here to there. Buffalo Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings. We do it every single Friday, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Today, 190 West Craig, we're in the north. <laughs> we're in the north, so come hang out with us and uh, get hooked up. We've got uh, Coors Light gave us some prizes. We've got some uh, koozies over here. we got some hats. we got some shirts. we got some cups. We've got all kind of hookup for you. All you got to do is come on by and say what's up. Uh, we also have some tickets. I'm not too sure we have tickets, too. Looks like some UNLV action, and UNLV playing some really good ball right now. We've got four wins on the season, trying to become bowl eligible, so we've got hookup on that as well. My man Harry Ruiz just wrapped up his show on uh, our sister station, Deportes, and so uh, he's rolling out right now. But we're going to have a good time. See you, brother. Appreciate you. We're going to have a good time this afternoon for the next three hours here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Of course, it's Friday, so you can uh, leave your job. Like, why, why be at work right now? It's Friday. Uh, the weather's still nice outside, so come on by, hang out, and just tell your work that it's overrated. Everyone at our job does it. <laughs> right? Everyone at our job at a certain time, everyone checks in, makes sure that everyone's seen for a quick minute. Then it's like, all right, uh, let me go to lunch. And when they go to lunch... They go to lunch. And, look, we do it. We all do it, and that's how we should do it, man, kicking off the weekend the right way. And so uh, why not come hang out here at Buffalo Wild Wings? There's got plenty of different TVs. ESPN is on. FS1 is on. There's uh, some action on the TVs as far as some college football games preview, like OU and uh, Texas. That's going to be a big one tomorrow, big rivalry game, the Red River rivalry and uh, at the Cotton Bowl. So that's going to be a good one. There's a lot of previews on for that. So, uh, yeah, just a lot to enjoy here at Buffalo Wild Wings, and we always have a good time each and every Friday that we're able to be with you. And so uh, we're going to do it again today. So excited about the show that we have coming up on today. Uh, the guests that we have, as always, have a really good lineup for you. Coming up at 2.30, Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. I actually did my radio show last night on ESPN with Gabe. Uh, and so he's a guy that covers the Green Bay Packers. He's a Packer fan, so he's kind of similar to me where covers the team professionally, but at the same time, he's a fan of the team. So he's going to join us at 2.30 to talk all things Green Bay Packers. And it was so funny while we were doing the show last night together, all he kept saying is, I know that the Raiders haven't done a very good job running. They're going to do a really good job running on Monday night. Uh, there's no doubt that the, the Packers cannot stop the run. His word's not mine. And uh, he believes Josh Jacobs is going to have a big-time performance on Monday night at Allegiant Stadium to help the Raiders uh, on their way to a potential victory. Now, he didn't say that they were going to win, but he said that they're going to be able to run the ball, no doubt, because the Green Bay Packers cannot stop the run. And even to the point where... If it's a real bad defensive performance, which, well, the Packers have had some pretty bad defensive performances, there could be changes when it comes to the defensive coordinator. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee will join us coming up at 2.30 to talk all things 
Packers, Raiders, Monday Night Football, Allegiant Stadium. Excited about that. At 3.30, our good friend Paul Gutierrez from ESPN as well will join us and give us our, our final little Raider preview uh, for this game as we head into the weekend. Of course, there's practice going on today. Uh, no coaches talked, but there's, uh, there's going to be a locker room uh, action, so he'll tell us what he saw from practice. He'll tell us what he heard in the Raiders locker room and give us his thoughts on the Monday Night Football and what the Raiders need to do in order to stop the bleeding and come away with the victory. They're on a current three-game losing streak. They've lost to the Packers eight times in a row going back to 1990, which I know that that has nothing to do with the current team, but still, it's one of those situations you feel like, you know what, want to get off that, uh, get over the hump when it comes to this team and this team having the, the dominant uh, performances over the silver and black. So uh, Paul will tell us everything we need to know about the Raiders coming up at 3.30. At 4.30, our normal guest on Fridays, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, guaranteed to join the show this week. I promise you he'll come in to give us uh, some, some betting lines, tell you how to win some money, uh, either in the college game, NFL, or both, whatever the case may be. But it's always great to catch up with Lee Sterling. He'll join us at 4.30 from ParamountSports.com, tell you how you can win some money this upcoming weekend. And, of course, in the meantime, in between time, we'll definitely have uh, you. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. You know we always like to bring a couple topics to the table, and uh, we'll do that as we do each and every day. We also have winning on the way. We've got plenty of winning on the way. Thanks to Boyd Gaming, uh, we've got the hookup on not only uh, going to get you uh, – going to get you registered for or going to get you some free bowling but we're going to get you registered for tickets to the the Patriots game the Raiders Patriots game that's October 15th at Allegiant Stadium uh, we've been doing it all day long the morning tailgate was able to uh, hook up some free bowling and get someone in to win some uh, tickets to that game that that October 15th game uh, Doug Marsh who held, held it down for JT the Brick he did a heck of a job earlier today uh, he was able to give some away as well and then of course we're going to give some away here on Unnecessary Roughness and, uh, and get you hooked up so there's plenty of ways to get hooked up today right here at uh, buffalo wild wings 190 west craig road you can come on by and get hooked up right here in person or you can continue to listen to the show and get hooked up with because of boyd gaming we definitely appreciate them boyd gaming fun day fan day fun day say that five times fast but that's what's going on uh today and uh, we do it probably a few times uh throughout the course of the season thanks to boyd gaming official partner of the raiders so we definitely appreciate them so, yeah, there's a lot coming on, right? We have uh, Jerry Tillery. We also want to uh, let you hear from Jerry Tillery in the Raiders locker room. We were supposed to get that to that on yesterday's show and just ran out of time, and that happens quite a bit, and that's okay. We don't mind that. If we run out of time, that means we're doing our job. If we don't run out of time, that means we're in trouble, <laughs> right? If we look up and we're like, man, I don't know. I ain't got nothing left then that's a problem, right? And so uh, we've got plenty. Uh, we'll also, hopefully, I think Vinny's going to send us over some more locker room sound um, from today. So we'll be able to provide whatever uh, Vinny's able to send us. Tomorrow there will be another uh, session, a practice uh, session, because everything got pushed back a day. So it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll be out there for Coach McDaniels. We'll talk to him tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll also have, uh, you know, have an opportunity to go into the locker room. So on Monday you'll also hear from the Raiders locker room and hear from Coach McDaniels one more time before the actual game, Monday Night Football. So excited about that a uh, little programming note want to make sure you remember that on monday 12 to 3 i'll be holding it down uh, starting at noon at the oyo at the underground lounge like i'm usually there monday nights well i'll be there on monday afternoon from 12 to 3 and then passing the sticks on to jt and eric allen at allegiance stadium for the official pregame show leading into 
prime time action Raiders and the Packers at Allegiant Stadium. So just go ahead and put that into your notes. You can hear this show from noon to 3 on Monday, holding it down on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, uh, again, lot to get to on today's show. Excited about the opportunity to be here with you one more time before we head into the weekend. You know the guests coming up, Gabe Neitzel at 2.30, Paul Gutierrez at 3.30, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com at 4.30. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. All right, so here we go. Opening drive, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Always like to bring a couple questions to the table, and this one was really generated because someone asked me this question, and I really didn't have the answer. So whenever I don't have the answer to a question when it's Raiders-related, I feel like, you know what, that's probably a pretty good question. And uh, earlier in the week, I did a crossover edition on a Locked On Podcast Network. We do it uh, each and every week where we start to preview the next team up on the schedule. Of course, that was the Green Bay Packers. So I have Peter Bukowski, and he's been a guest on this show multiple times, but I had him on the show. We were talking Packers. We were talking Raiders. And there was a point of the show where he asked me what the Raiders are trying to do, you know, and, and what, the, what are the Raiders really good at. And for the first time, Raider Nation, I really kind of just paused and was like, well, at this stage of the game, I don't really know. Right? I'm not too sure, and this is kind of the question that we had during the offseason, right? When, when the schedule came out, we didn't know how many wins the Raiders were going to get, and I said, I have so many questions. I don't know about the quarterback. I don't know about some of the skill positions. I don't know what this team is going to do. I don't know what to expect from this team. Well, then it became a point where I thought, okay, now I have a good grasp of who this team is going to be. I feel like I have a good grasp. But through four games, it really hasn't, it hasn't materialized. So the question that I want to throw out to you is not just as simple as, well, what do they do good and what do they try and do, but what do you believe the identity of this team is, right? Something we talked about quite a bit last year when we didn't really know what the identity was until Josh Jacobs arrived and decided that he was going to make the run game and him running the rock be the identity. Well, through four weeks, Raider Nation, what do you believe this Raiders identity, what, what, what is the identity of the team or who do they want their identity, or what do they want their identity to be? If, you, if it hasn't been established yet, because I honestly don't know, right? I mean, you know, when you ask the question, you know, well, what do they do good? And, and I was kind of stuck, and I didn't really have a good answer. I'm thinking, well, they don't run the ball really well. Uh, I mean, they pass the ball really well to Devontae and Jacoby, but the passing's been inconsistent because Jimmy G's missed a game and Aiden O'Connell was in there. Uh, let's see. They don't really stop the run very well because the Chargers just, you know, ran for 150-plus yards. Uh, they don't really create turnovers. They've only created one. Um, they don't really get after the quarterback a lot because it's only Max Crosby, right? So, I mean, there were so many questions that I had when I was going through my mind. I'm thinking, damn, what do they do really well? And, and again, I'm not trying to slight them at all. I'm not trying to come off and sound like I'm being a jerk to the team or, or saying that they, you know, they're, they're not good. I just, where, if you had to pinpoint it, if you had to narrow it down, if you had to focus in on what they do really well and, and, and what their identity of the team is supposed to be or what they want the identity to be, of the team to be, what would it be? What would it be? What would you think that it would be? And I know that Raider Nation is as smart as it gets. Raider Nation has a great uh, you know, idea of, of, of what their team you know, is or, or should be or is wanted to be. So that's why I throw out the question to you. I ask you because, again, I just as I, as I go through it and try to think about it and try to break it down in my mind, and I'm usually really good at being able to, you know, figure it out, even if it hasn't materialized. I say, okay, I think this team wants to be this. 
Like if this was last year, I'd say, okay, they're, they're a, a, a power-running team that's going to build off of that and, 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 and spread their ball around the yard. And so my, but my best gut feeling is that they want to do something similar to that, but I feel like with the addition of Jacoby Myers and, and Michael Mayer and Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter, that they want to be able to, you know, use that speed. I feel like they want to be able to be a really a, a kind of high, high prolific offense, but it hasn't materialized through four games. I mean, again, I, I've said it so many times that they haven't even scored 20 points in a game yet. So maybe that is what they want to do and they want to feed off the run. Maybe it's they want to get the pass game going and then the run. I, I honestly, I'm trying to really put my finger on exactly – what the identity of this team is or should be or what they wanted it to be. So if you have an idea, let me know. Let me know what you think it would be. 702-365-9200. Of course, the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. You know, I go back and look at the offense and realize their skill players, their skill position players there. I mean, Devontae Adams is without question. Hunter Renfro is without question. Jacoby Myers is without question. And, look, I know Hunter hasn't been used. I know Michael Mayer hasn't been used. I know Trey Tucker hasn't been used. I get that. But the skill position, the players are still there. The, the, the talent is still there, right? you got to have the quarterback get on the rock, got to figure out what's going on, why it's so one-two punch, and that's it. You know, I mean, and, and that's, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, if it, was, if it was a hoop game, if I'm looking at it from, the, like, a, a Warriors point of view, it's like the Stephen Clay show, and that's it. Right? Draymond's not getting involved. Nobody else. Looney's not getting involved. Like, no one else is getting involved. And, and that, to me, is, is, is one of the biggest issues is that it's so one-two punch that it's so predictable, it's ineffective. So, again, I ask you the question, what is the identity of this team? Who do you think it is? What do you think it is? Or what it should be? How do they go about getting there if they're not there yet? Because I don't think – that they're yet there yet. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Portland. Talk to our guy, Robert. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, I think it's real simple. I think um, the thing they have to do is, like, remember the 49er game? Remember when Stidham was on fire? And he, was, he was moving out of the pocket, yep. rolling out, and they really, you know, the Niners weren't ready for it. Yeah. And I think with the fact that they're stacking the defense against, you know, Jacobs, I think this is the game where you got to get Jimmy G rolling out of the pocket. I know they want him in the pocket for protection, but I think they need to give him a little more daylight. And I need that's when a guy like Tucker and their speed guys will start to get a little bit of success. I, that's I think that's what McDaniel's has to do now. Their okay. defense, their, their secondary is starting. You know, Hobbs is playing well. Even Bennett uh, had flashes of success i just think the only way they're going to start winning is they need to get off schedule purposely off schedule and that will you know that'll upset you know the defenses that they're going to face in the future including uh Belichick this upcoming week i think that's the key and you know until they do that we're not going to be able to say anything doing that great all right good stuff robert thanks for the call i definitely appreciate you and you know rolling Rolling the quarterback out, moving the pocket a little bit. I, I can see that. I mean, but you still have got to be able to win from the pocket too, right? I mean, you've got to be able to win from the pocket. You've got to be able to deliver the ball down the field. You've got to be able to get into your playmaker's hands. And, again, they've gotten into two playmaker's hands. They've gotten into Devontae's hands consistently. They've gotten into Jacoby Myers' hands consistently, which is I was excited about that one-two punch, but I was also excited about the other accessories that go with it, <laughs> right? I mean, you could have a nice, shiny car, and you can have a, a great system in it, but you also want to have the rims. 
You also want to have the windows tinted. You want to, you know what I mean? Like you also want to have a lot to go with it. And unfortunately, everything else has been, you know, kind of left behind. You've got the nice car. You've got some rims, those, you know, got the rims on it. But what else? There's, there's plenty to go along, and it just hasn't come along at this point. I uh, got a couple texts from the 805 real quick. Uh, this is, unfortunately, the one thing they're good at is turning the ball over. I wouldn't like I would like them to be a physical team, put their hands on fools, run the ball no matter how many people are in the box. Uh, the only thing the Raiders do well is get the ball to Devontae on inter- intermediate routes using play action. That is it. That's from 805 Raider. Thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. That kind of goes back to what I was saying about, uh, you know, the one-two punch. Devontae and Jacoby, you know that that's a, a go-to. But outside of that, there really hasn't been too much. So uh, trying to f- establish the Raiders' identity, what it should be, what it could be, what it is. You know, and look, the thing about it is what I what's, I guess the one area of it that I would feel a little bit, I don't want to say confident and, you know, excited about is the fact that it took a while to establish their identity last year. But they eventually did, and when they found it, then they, they, they went with it. When they finally established who their identity was, then they were able to just run with it, and, and they had some success. Now, it obviously only turned into six wins, so there's that. But, you know, it was around this time of the year last year when they all of a sudden – became the Josh Jacobs show, right? And, and, and he was the lead dog, and he was their identity. Well, someone needs to step up and become the identity quick, fast, and hurry because, again, the season can get away from you before you know it, right? I mean, I know we're only talking about week five, but, man, things can get away from you really, really quick if you can't I- identify who you are and what you do really well. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our good friend Jordan. Jordan, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan from Oregon here. What's up, brother? Hey, not too much, bro. I just wanted to – Want to chime in? I heard you saying, you know, like we, you know, mentioning Trey Tucker, mentioning Hunter, mentioning Mayer. It's like we got all these guys, all these gadgets, all the fun stuff, and we're not able to really utilize. And part of it, I mean, it's basically been the opposite of last year. We last year we came out in most of these games and we're taking some some pretty good leads. I feel like people didn't really know how to defend us because we came out fresh, didn't really have much tape on McDaniel's offense with the Raiders and. You know, we were popping out with some 21-point leads, 17-point leads here and there. And, of course, you know how most of those games ended. We ended up losing some close ones. But this this year has been the opposite. We're always – there hasn't really been a game. And, and let me ask you this. Maybe I'm already forgetting. It's only four games in. But, you know, week one, we're playing from behind. You know, yep. Jimmy actually pu- pulled that one out of his, you know what, at the end and, and, <laughs> and made a couple runs to, to make that happen at the end. And then week two, Buffalo, I mean, behind basically the whole game. You know, and then the last two weeks, just to sum it up, I mean, we've basically been trying to pull a comeback in the second half. And so I think, you know, it's been hard to get any consistency when we're always playing, like, in a double-digit, uh, you know, double-deficit, double, double deficit, like double-digit. You yeah. know, we're always a couple scores down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope – that's what I really hope. I like the idea. I've been hearing what you're saying with Green Bay in the run game. I yeah. just hope that they can – methodically move their way down the field not ditch the run and get past happy or not ditch the pass and just you know this offense needs to be like a a a perfect blend yeah that's what it needs to be you know and so that's what that's my take gotcha gotcha good stuff man thanks for the call appreciate you and yeah that's the thing man they've 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 been behind and they've got to try to catch up and that's never that's never you know a a good thing right you want to be able to you know, have the lead. You want to be able to execute your offense the way you want to. But when you do get behind, you bring up a good point. You play one-dimensional. All of a sudden, you become, in, you become something that you might not want to do. And, uh, you know, kind of going back to not playing a four-quarter game is what I was talking about. And I've been talking about now for at least a week. And that's why I asked Coach McDaniels yesterday about the second and third quarters, you know, why 
why they're having struggles doing anything in the second and third quarter. It's like you take off the second and third, you can't. You just absolutely can't. I mean, the first quarter, cool. They go out in their first drive, boom, nice, pretty successful. Fourth quarter, they're behind, like Jordan just said, and they're trying to catch up. And they do. And then they have an opportunity to win it at the end, but they're not going to be able to do that every single time. You've got to be able to play with the lead. I like that point. Jordan, thanks for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go back out to the phone line. Talk to our guy, Shields. Up. What's on your mind, my man? How you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. How are you? That's a, listen, that's a great question. Great question. And uh took me some time to think about it. It's tough after four games. But um, really, there's no really identity except for Max Crosby because of his playing is um, his effort, his leadership. Yeah. Uh, but that's on a single-player basis. If you look at the uh, defense as a whole, yeah. play calling as a whole, special teams and everything else, no, there's no identity yet. We can't put our finger on it. And uh, that's What from, should it be? Know, Let me ask you this real quick. What should it sure, be? If, sure. if, go ahead. No, no. What you, I'm sorry. What would you say? Oh, I will just say, what do you think the identity should be? If, if it's not established yet, what do you think it should be? Well, it should be. It should be carried over from last year. It should, okay. be, the power, it should be the power run. Yeah. Some, some play action with Garoppolo, um, but has not been there. And the offensive line has not, um, has not done that. And I've mentioned before, if they're stacking the line, then let's audible out of that. Yeah. How about a screen pass um, and um, a better pass rush? From, from the ends through the tackles. I mean, they're getting there. I mentioned that yesterday. Yep. They're starting to get a push. Um, and, um, yeah, that, that's that, it, off the running game, definitely. And uh, if we don't get it going this week uh, against Green Bay, as uh, you, you know, your, um, your guest said about their terrible uh, run defense, then um, they got to – I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But, yeah, no, no identity yet except for uh, Max Crosby, man. But it's got to be – throughout the, the entire team, and then I, I could probably let you know about that, man. Thank you for taking my call, brother. Shields up. Let's go. Hey, great stuff, man. Great stuff. And, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't feel like there's, you know, an identity I established. And, yeah, doing what they did last year would be good, right, having that as far as the, the power running game and build off that like they did. My thing is I thought with what they did and the players that they brought in and fitting in with what they do and, right, yada, yada, yada. We talked about it quite a bit during the offseason about all this – their guys now with the quarterback and Jacoby Myers is their guy and, you know, drafting their players and putting them in their position. I thought what, what we saw as the offense last year was going to expand and be even bigger and be even better. And that's why I said, man, the offense ain't going to be a problem, right? I was convinced the offense ain't going to be a problem. It's going to be the defense is going to have to step up. And, you know, there's flashes where the defense steps up as well, right? Unfortunately for this team, there's a lot of flashes. I guess we can say that all the time, all over for the team. There's a lot of flashes. There's just nothing consistent. That's where the problem is. That's where the problem lies. Uh, I was checking out a stat. I think Paul Gutierrez put it out a little little while ago on Twitter. And, of course, he'll join us uh, a little bit later in the show. Matter of fact, 3.30. And he was talking about even the defense and how it's basically Max Crosby and nothing. Oh, yeah, here it is right here. Uh, per Seth Walder from ESPN, Raiders pass rushers outside of Max Crosby is getting nothing from the group. Bilal Nichols, Adam Butler, Tyree Wilson, John Jacobs, and Jerry Tillery all have a 6% pass rush win rate or worse. So – it's Max Crosby or bust right now with the defense. So, again, nothing that they're doing is consistently good. They have flashes, you know, just like in the second half of the game against the Chargers. I mean, just keeping the Chargers out of the end zone, regardless how it happened, regardless if it's because the Chargers' de- offense just switched up what they were doing, whatever, there was still a chance. They were still had an opportunity to, to allow that offense to get cooking and get back into it, and they just weren't able to do it. But it's just not – 
it's not consistently, and that's what they got to come up with. They got to come up with some consistency. So, uh, Shields up. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, Raider Reggie, a.k.a. the Silver and Black Panther, hit us up on the dobebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. The Raiders' current identity is confused. Sadly, the saying is the team takes on the coach's character, right? Josh McDaniel seems confused, unsure of what he has, and unsure of how to use the weapons. Still, go Raiders. That's Raider Reggie, a.k.a. the Silver and Black Panther. And thank you, Raider, Reg- Raider, Raider Reggie, for that. I do appreciate you. And, you know, that's the thing. We talk about it all the time. I talked about the, the Lions, who I'm late to the party on, on the success of that team. You do take on the, the identity of your, of your coach. You do. I mean, that's, that's a fact. There's nothing that you could deny. That Lions team is playing like Dan Campbell coaches. You go to H-Town, you look at the Houston Texans, that team is playing like D'Amico Ryans is coaching. They are absolutely doing that. And that's why, for me, I like guys that are fired up and guys that are going to be, you know, just all about it and have that extra energy because I feel like it's, it's something that can translate to the players. Like, they all of a sudden take on, like Raider Reggie just said, that, uh, that, that, that style of their, their head coach as well. So uh, thank you. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it changes. We'll see, you know, what the end-all, be-all uh, results are. Obviously, Monday they got a huge challenge when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. One more text. This one's from Brad and Concord. He said, I can't tell what team wants, uh, what the team wants as an identity. I can say what I think it should be because before the, because the days of being feared are gone. We don't have the twos rolling over people. No long, Alzado, Romanowski, no nasty whiz, cracking dudes through the whistle, all which was the identity of the Raiders. That's what I would love to see. Max is the only thing we got going like that. Probably living in the past, but that's what made this team special and known by. Uh, it would be nice to get a little of that identity back, but obviously need to win too. I and mean, that's from Brad and Concord. And yeah, I mean the old school style of the Raiders, like you said, uh, being the nasty and all the you know hurting guys, not hurting guys intentionally, but you know just being physical and you know having that nasty to them. That those those days are long gone, and really those days are long gone across the league. When you look across the league, it's more finesse as, as, far, as far as the, you know, in, instead of all the, the real physicality and the real kind of nasty. And there's some teams that are able to be very physical and do it legally. But, you know, for the, for the Raiders, they, they struggle enough doing stuff, you know, legally uh, without getting popped for it, even when they really don't do something. You know, so, um, yeah, that, that, that identity is definitely long gone. But, you know, it's not, it's not like they can't play winning football. That's the thing. They can definitely play winning football. They just have to go out there and do it and, and establish who they are as a team. Just got a text from the 925. Jimmy G has clear protocol per Schefter. And, yeah, I was actually going to pass that along and uh, because Vinny said that uh, Jimmy G was going to be speaking to the media after practice today. So that's a great sign that he's going to be good to go. And, and that's what Coach McDaniels was basically saying yesterday that, you know, the final little hurdle that he has to get to through to be able to play on, uh, on Monday. So I felt pretty good that Jimmy G was going to get cleared. Uh, but thank you for passing that along from uh, Adam Schefter. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo has cleared protocol. And, uh, you know, we'll probably hear – from uh, maybe we'll hear what Paul has to say about Jimmy G. He's out of practice, and he'll join us coming up at 3.30. Maybe we'll get some more nuggets coming out of practice and some Raiders locker room sound as well. Vinny will probably send that over. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. 2.26 is the time. Again, we're in the north. Come hang out with us, man. Buffalo Wild Wings, 190 West Craig. Coming up next, Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. He'll join us to talk all things Packers. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. 
This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Every time we get it to them, whether we hand it to them, throw it to them, toss it to them, screen it to them, to me, it, those are good plays, good opportunities for him to make plays with the ball in his hands and, and use his ability in space. So he's done a good job of whatever we've asked him to do, and he's going to continue to work at putting this whole thing together so that we can keep running it better. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q. And here we go. 190 West Craig is where we're at. We're on the North Buffalo Wild Wings. Every single Friday, we're at a different location. Today, 190 West Craig. Come on by. Vice Raiders made his way by. Now we're just waiting for you. we got a lot of hookup for you. T-shirts, hats, koozies, cups, tickets. You want to go see UNLV play? We've got that and a whole lot more. So come on by the Buffalo Wild Wings, 190 West Craig Road. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Join us now on the phones to talk all things Green Bay Packers as they're headed to Vegas to take on the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium on Monday is our good friend Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. And Gabe, thanks for your time. And we just did a show together last night. So, I mean, this is a habit forming now. So we're, we're on the radio together all the time now. What's going on? Yeah, I was just glad to know that you weren't sick of me after, you know, we hung out for three hours last night. I got the call today. So, you know, looking forward to it. Appreciate it, Q. Absolutely, absolutely. It's great to have you on, my man, and want to talk about the Packers. And you heard Josh McDaniels right there talking about getting the ball to Josh Jacobs. And you told me last night that, hey, I know the uh, Raiders haven't really ran the ball very well this season, but the Packers don't stop the run. So you have an idea and you feel like Josh Jacobs is going to be able to get going on Monday night. What has been the issue? What's been the main issue with the Packers' uh, run defense? Well, I mean, it's, it's a number of different things. You know, so in, in the two games in which they've lost this year, they've given up 211 yards rushing. Um, you know, when, when it was against the Falcons, it was B. John Robinson who was just really able to attack the perimeter. And really, the, this last game, last Thursday against the Lions, it was just a relentless Lions rushing attack. I mean, David Montgomery ended up getting 32 carries to get over, up over 100 yards. They just knew they could constantly attack the Packers, push them off the line, and get four or five yards. And I mean, defenses have been able to manipulate the Packers into getting light fronts. Their, their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, loves to play the nickel. So the, the one thing that a lot of people are upset about here in the state of Wisconsin was an instance last week after a Jordan Love interception, a ball's returned to inside the 10-yard line, 6-7-yard line, first and goal there from the Lions. They come out in three wide receivers, single tight end, single back. So the Packers decide, oh, we're going to go nickel, and they come up with two down defensive linemen. The Lions able to rush for five yards on first down. They go quick so the Packers can't sub and just punch the ball easily into the end zone. And Matt LaFleur was as mad as I have ever heard him, seen him after that game Mm -hmm. because he was just so sick of the way the Packers have played the run. Really going back to Joe Barry, you know, when, when he first started here, there was a game last year. They gave up 363 yards rushing to the Philadelphia Eagles. It just seems like, they have a token interest in like, okay, yeah, we'll stop the run, but they don't really have a real interest. And if teams commit themselves to running the football against the Green Bay Packers, they haven't shown any ability to really slow them down. 
So the last time that the Packers took the field, it seemed like it was many, many moons ago. It was Thursday night against the Detroit Lions, but not yesterday, Thursday night. Last Thursday night, and they're not playing again <laughs> until Monday against the Raiders here in, in Vegas. How many adjustments or how much do you think that they can correct in that long period of time that they've been off? Uh, so Matt LaFleur said that he thinks schematically there are things that they can do with Joe Barry defensively that they can kind of fix the problem. The issue, though, is, Q, Joe Barry was given a third year as the defensive coordinator under the kind of agreements, almost unspoken agreements of, hey, we got to change the way things are around here. And what I mean by that is last season, the defensive backfield for the Green Bay Packers, led by Jair Alexander, got about as close to a mutiny in the NFL as you can get, where they just did not agree with the way that Joe Barry was asking them to play. A lot of zone coverage. Jair Alexander wanted to be able to follow, you know, wide receivers around and match up against them. And, you know, the biggest, you know, they eventually started doing that toward the end of the year. Example of how successful that was, Justin Jefferson had over 200 yards receiving in week one for the Minnesota Vikings. When they, re- when they met again in the penultimate week, Justin Jefferson had one catch in the worst game he's ever had as a professional with Jair Alexander shadowing him around. Mm-hmm. And they just talked about wanting to be more aggressive. And so they fundamentally wanted to change the defense that Joe Barry was running. And they talked a big game about being aggressive and doing all these different things during the preseason and, and during, you know, offseason workouts and all that. And really not much has changed through four weeks. So the long answer to your question, how much can they change in this long time between last Thursday and Monday? I think that they ultimately – Art's going to change all that much because Joe Barry hasn't shown over the course of two-plus seasons that he's willing to change very much. Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking all things Packers as they're on their way to Vegas to take on the Raiders for Monday night football. So you mentioned that Matt LaFleur was about as angry as you've ever seen him, and I remember being live on the radio when that was going on, and I had never seen him that, that angry. But obviously I don't cover him like that, but I had never seen him like that. How do you expect just the team to respond to the anger and, and just the, the, the way you can see how frustrated he was just with the way that they performed against the Lions? Yeah, I, I think that if he's that fed up, I'm guessing some of the defenders are as well, kind of going back to a similar situation as it was last year. Because Matt LaFleur, just so your audience knows, Matt LaFleur is, even when it's not his fault, he goes to the podium and he will protect everyone. He will always just say, yeah, that was my fault. Could have been a better play call. We all need to be better. This was on me. And, and he always takes the brunt of the blame because that's just the, the type of guy he is after the game when it comes to the podium. He doesn't want to throw anyone under the bus. So I'm guessing that there are a lot of players that are frustrated as well because, I mean, they, they keep, you know, they keep saying as an organization, they think they have good enough players mm-hmm. to be playing better defense than they have over the course of the last three seasons. So if, if it's just a universal belief that they're not being put in good positions by the coaching staff, you know, at, I'm, I'm worried. The thing I would be worried about is Matt Lafleur getting too involved in the defense, and then the offense suffering since he, you know, serves as the offensive play caller for the Packers, and they have such a young offense, you know, with Jordan Love and all the weapons they have on the outside. And, and you just wonder if, if Matt Lafleur starts getting too involved everywhere, if his focus starts to back away a little bit from the offense, which probably would not be a good thing for the development of Jordan Love. 
No, no, not at all. And also what slows down the development of Jordan Love is the offensive line that can't protect him. And the last time he was playing, which was against the Lions, was what? He got sacked seven times or something? It was it was bad. It was a lot of times he was uh, on his back. And we heard today from David Bakhtiari that he's going to be out the rest of the season. I think he met with the media for, what, like 45 minutes? That, that yeah. must have been a pretty emotional moment to hear what he had to say about his injuries. Yeah, and – it, it, it's, it, it was something that I'm glad he did to kind of clear up a lot of different things because when he missed week two, and this is something that goes back to New Year's Eve 2020, and that's when he injured this knee initially. You know, and he, he just has had all sorts of issues working his way back, really didn't play in 2021 for the Packers. Was There were times where his knee would swell up last year and he wouldn't be able to play back-to-back weeks. And everybody was kind of hoping that he'd be past it this year, goes out, plays for the, you know, plays for the Packers against the Bears week one, played great, and then just kind of mysteriously popped up on the injury report. And nobody was really being all that forthcoming, including David himself, about the injury when it initially happened. So there's a lot of mystery kind of surrounding it. He was cleared up last week when he said, yeah, he had knee surgery, he was going to have another one. And when he said he was going to need a second knee surgery during the season, I think everybody kind of assumed he would be done for the year. And then, like you said, he confirmed that today. But it's gotten to the point with David where I just I feel so sorry for him. You know, yeah. I just feel bad for the guy because here is somebody that was playing, you know, he's, I believe, a first-team All-Pro two times, three times second-team All-Pro. He is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL when he's healthy. And for now, the better part of, you know, it's, it's going to be over three years by the time he's able to try to play again. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And for whatever reason, his knee has just not recovered the way it should and the way it typically has for other players trying to come back from an ACL. And I'm guessing him speaking for 45 minutes today was just, you know, kind of almost cathartic and, and therapeutic for him to get a lot of those things off his chest because, well, frankly, it could be the last time he meets with the Green Bay media as a member of the Green Bay Packers. His contract has a big number attached to it next year. They had to restructure and push some things off to the future to get him to a number they were comfortable with on the cap this year. And with the uncertainty of if he's ever going to be able to really play on a consistent basis ever again, my guess is they end up going separate ways. I mean, they maybe still work out some sort of agreement where he's he's playing at a lesser number next season, but He's been a Packer for a long time. He's the longest tenured Packer after Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby all did not return for this season. And he's been here a long time. And I'm guessing it's all kind of hitting him a little bit about how this could be it in Green Bay. Yeah, man, that, that was sad when I, I saw I saw some nuggets coming out from that, little uh, tweets from different reporters and everything, and realized that he talked for 45 minutes, and that's almost one of those, let me get it out now while I can, because who knows, like you said, when the next opportunity for him is to speak to the Green Bay media or any media in the NFL. You know how injuries are, man. They're not guaranteed that you're going to come back from that. Again, Gabe Neitzel is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Packers. All right, so Jordan Love, he's the full-time starter. He's got four games under his belt. Um, what has been the overall thoughts from, from you on Jordan Love as far as leading this team into the future? As expected, it's a work in progress. But I have been very encouraged by a lot of the positives that he's put out there. Um, his ability, he, he is a very calm, he does not wear his emotions on his sleeve, which is how I think they were able to come back um, you know, a couple of weeks ago against the New Orleans Saints. You know, they were down 17 nothing going into the fourth quarter. Packers scored 18 points in the fourth. And Jordan Love did not play well 
for the first three quarters of that game and was able to put it together at the end of that game. He was able to put some of the bad throws and bad decisions that he made behind him and lead the team to a victory because of his demeanor. Um, that being said, I, I think that he needs to start quicker in games. The Packers only have two first-half touchdowns this year. They scored on the opening drive of the year against the Bears. Only one other touchdown in the first half since then. They've, they've kind of been a second-half team, and those slow starts have kind of skewed some of his numbers in terms of where his completion percentage is right now. And uh, Some of that is also it's a young football team. I mean, they, they decided that they wanted to go with this youth movement at their skill positions, especially on the outside. I mean, uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were the only two who played significant snaps for this team last year, and they each played less than 50% of the offensive snaps. And Christian Watson's been out for three of the four games so far this year for the Packers, played limited snaps, did have a touchdown against the Lions last Thursday. But it's just such a young roster, and it's growing together. So there are times where there's a mistake where, you know, there's an incomplete pass okay, was Jordan supposed to throw it there and a receiver was supposed to be there? Did he run a wrong route? Did Jordan read it wrong? So there's just a lot of growing pains within this offense. But I think there have been enough positives for Jordan Love that you're starting to look, okay, this, this kid, you know, as long as he keeps taking these steps forward, I think they feel very good about where he is in his development. And we'll close out with this, and we'll stick with Jordan Love and what he's been able to do. And something I really respect, and I actually even brought it up to Coach McDaniels earlier this week, was the fact that they, they throw the ball deep, right? They're not shy on throwing the ball deep. He's connected a lot of passes over 30 yards. But what he pointed out to me was not only that cue, but they they get a lot of pass interference penalties. How much of the game plan is that just to go ahead and test that defense deep? And even if it's not a completion, there's a good chance they can get a P.I.? Yeah, that's been a big part of their offensive game plan, and that's been without Christian Watson, who is their biggest deep ball threat and the speed that he possesses. That's it. That's been something that they have not. I mean, he averages the most air yards per attempt in the NFL. He hasn't connected on a ton of them, but like you said, they've had a number of pass interference penalties that have really helped them out. It kind of jump-started the comeback win they had against the Saints a couple of weeks ago in you know his debut as the Packers starter at Lambeau Field. So they have not shied away from that. They want to be able to push the ball down the field, and that's something that even though the completion numbers haven't necessarily been there for Jordan, Matt LaFleur and, and, and the offense, you know, as the offensive play caller, continues to want him to take those shots because that has been such a big part of the offense. They've been inconsistent running the football. Uh, a lot of that's been because Aaron Jones has been out with a hamstring injury. He was on a pitch count against the Lions. Uh, a couple of Thursdays ago, they haven't been able to kind of get that run game going, so they've decided, hey, we're going to push the ball down the field, and that's what our offensive identity is going to be. At least that's what it's been through the first four weeks. Yeah, no doubt. That's going to be something that's really going to test the Raiders and that defense, that back end on, on Monday night should be really uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to see if the Raiders can defend that or if they end up having a lot of PIs like other teams have and really allow the Packers to get those big chunk yardage well Gabe great stuff man it was fun uh, doing the show with you last night I definitely appreciate you you got to come on out here to Vegas pretty soon man when you do we'll have you in studio we'll do some things together and collaborate man we appreciate you all right sounds good can't wait man all right, there he goes, Gabe Neitzel, good dude right there, ESPN Milwaukee, does a fantastic job, uh, was with me last night on game night on ESPN Radio and uh, here spending his, giving us some of his knowledge when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. 2.46 is the time, we're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 190 West Craig Road, you cannot miss us, come on in, we're in the bar area, all these different TVs, we've got all kind of prizes, hats, cups, koozies, got some t-shirts, we've got everything you need, tickets, tickets, more tickets, I'm like Ticketmaster out here, all you want, if you want them, we got them, all you got 
got to do is come on by and say what's up. You ain't got to jump through hoops. You ain't got to do no cartwheels, none of that. Just say what's up. Shake our hand. Give us a dap, whatever the case may be. And it's Friday. It's Friday. You know what I mean? It's Friday. Why are you at work anyway? Get up out of there, man. Right? Work is so overrated. Everyone but Ari. Ari is the only one who has to stay at work <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> we need that dude. It's not too often. No, I'm just kidding, Ari. <laughs> Ari's my guy, but no, we definitely appreciate him. 247 is the time. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll tell you what to look for in this game coming up on Monday. We'll also hear from Jerry Tillery. Vinny caught up with him in the locker room yesterday. We didn't get to uh, Jerry on the show yesterday, which is okay because we have well today. So we'll get Jerry Tillery at the top of the hour as well. We want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. The don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. Talk about the identity of the team. What do you think it is? What do you think they want to be? Let us know about that. 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to our guy, the historian, Raider 66. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, how you doing today? I'm blessed, brother. Oh, great. Yeah, I just wanted to give maybe an early uh, birthday shout-out to uh, one of the greatest Raiders ever. He played for both the Packers and the Raiders, uh, Charles Woodson. turns uh, Wood. 47 tomorrow. Yep. And, and you know, on Sunday, the 8th, is uh, the 12th anniversary of uh, when we lost um, Al. And a lot of people, especially the younger uh, fans, don't really know that much about uh, Al. All they know is, you know, the leisure suit and the uh, bad Raider season. But he had, uh, when he started, he would, the Raiders were dominant. And I don't know what the uh, identity is now, but back then it was domination. I, I grouped the years into three things. I, I got the bad years, BAD, that's before Al Davis from <laughs> 60 to 62. Then you got the ADD years, the Al Davis dominant years. And then you got the ATF years after Tom Flores. Now, the Raiders right now have got, nine teams that have a winning record against them all time. Three of those teams didn't even exist until at least 1995. That was after the Raiders obviously were already in decline. Four of them are in the NFC. Uh, and three of them, the, the 49ers, the Eagles, and the, the Falcons, only have a one-game lead. So the next time they meet, if the Raiders win, they don't have a winning record against them. There's two AFL old-time teams, KC and New England, that have uh, winning records against the Raiders. Now, if you look at it, for 25 years, from 1963 when Al took over till 1987 when Tom Flores retired, they were so dominant in those 25 years that the other 39 years that this franchise has been available has not been enough, even with all the futility they've gone through, has not been enough to deteriorate those records. The Raiders still have a winning or... 500 record against 73% of the National Football League, even after all of this bad stuff that we've been going through for 36 years now. In the last 36 years, they've had nine winning seasons. That's it, nine winning seasons. But they made the most of them. Eight of those nine, they went to the playoffs. So if you look at it, the the dominant, and then Al in 1966 became commissioner of the AFL. He was commissioner for just two months before the league decided to uh, merge. And it was not a coincidence. His forcefulness is what uh, forced that merger. It wasn't Pete Rozelle. It wasn't Lamar Hunt. It wasn't Gil Brandt. They get all the credit for it. But it was Al Davis wanting to raid the NFL teams and take their best players that forced that merger. 
So in 25 years, his, the domination that he put together with this team was, has lasted the last 36 years of futility. And that's what people need to know about Al. There's so much more. I could fill up your entire show you with stuff about <laughs> Al Davis. But I'll, I'll let you go because I know there's other callers. Thanks for the time. Go ahead. Hey. Great stuff, great stuff. When I said that the historian is on the line, that's what I mean right there, the historian. That's Raider 66. Definitely appreciate that, man. Great stuff, great breakdowns. Uh, frequent caller of the morning tailgate. Always has really good stuff to say, and we definitely appreciate all the feedback. Raider 66, thank you so much for that. That was great. Uh, really good stuff. So uh, we're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. I know, Passionate Raider, you're holding on. Don't worry. We'll start off the second hour of the show with you. Plus, we got Jerry Tillery and more. It's Raider Nation Radio 920, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.